Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Let's go, the Buck Blue Show on the fan, 680 and 93.7. Streaming at 680thefan.com. Get that fan mobile app. Listen there anytime, anywhere. Crystal clear. We're the smart speaker brought to you by South Point Financial Services. Buck Blue Show sponsored by Wellstar Health System. 10 o'clock hour brought to you by the Haug Law Group. And the gang's all here today. We got Adam Gillespie in the house, our executive producer, engineer Sean Nerney, associate producer, Derek Thomas in the house. We're all ready to go. Another big show lined up. Thank you so much for hanging out right here on 680 The Fan and the Buck Baloo Show, 10 to 11, Monday through Friday. Nerney, let's get to work. Buck's Big Take. Humbled. Embarrassed. Knocked out with the college football world watching. And everyone wants to know, Baloo, what happened to the Bulldogs? The number one rated defense got torched, exposed. And people want to know how. Well, number one, Georgia did a really poor job of pressuring the quarterback, Bryce Young. Bryce Young threw the ball 44 times in the game Saturday. And the Bulldogs' defense did not sack him one time. In 44 attempts, not once did they sack the quarterback. As far as the scheme goes, it looked like to me in the first half, Georgia, far too many, uh, far too many four-man rushes called from the sideline. Alabama's offensive line, they put that back together again, and boy, that was impressive. They did it quickly. They did it in like three or four practices. They put their offensive line back together again. And five for Alabama, blocking four for Georgia, did not allow Georgia to get to the quarterback. And another thing that has not been mentioned, Adam Anderson's off-the-field situation has gutted this Georgia pass rush. I, you know, as far as the, the breakdown went before the game, during the game, after the game, I have, I have not heard Adam Anderson's name mentioned. But his issues off the field have gutted the pass rush for the Georgia Bulldogs. Number two, pass coverage was, was awful. Poole was in the game. And I had to look at the roster to figure out who number 31 was. And this is the SEC championship game. Poole, Smith, and Ringo all got beat for big plays with busted coverages and in one-on-one matchups. So defensively, that's how you get torched. You face an elite quarterback in Bryce Young who throws it 44 times and you didn't sack him one time. The scheme was flawed in my opinion. It took to the second half before you started bringing extra men on the pass rush. And it was far too late at that point in time. Pass coverage was awful. Now to the offense. Kirby's going with the wrong quarterback. Went back and looked at it again this morning. And just only looked at third down plays. And the fourth down. 
looking at the third and fourth down plays, Stetson was two for 10 converting on the money down, which is third down. Money down on third down. Stetson converted two of 10. He also gave Alabama two pick six opportunities. Two. Now, early in the game, the Alabama defender dropped it, thank goodness. Folks, that's not close to being elite. In fact, that, that's going to get you beat, which it did. And here's the kicker. Reportedly, Coach Smart, I don't know whether to believe this or not, never discussed playing JT Daniels. I would not expect Georgia to make any big changes going into the playoffs. Oh, Kirby may challenge this team to play more physical, but don't expect to see any big changes scheme-wise. And I wanted to play the media hitting up on Kirby, I believe it was yesterday, perhaps after the game, the post-game scene. But here's Kirby answering a couple of questions about the quarterback situation. Just wondering regarding Stetson and JT, was there any discussion like even on the headset or something about, hey, you know, should we go in there and give JT a shot in this game since you were down trying to come back quick? No, we never discussed that on the headphones last night. You know, obviously we have to play better in a lot of areas, but to put um, a, a, any part of that blame or all that blame on Stetson, there's a lot more to it than that. And uh, we got to play better around him. As it relates to, to Stetson and JT, will you consider making a change there, or do you feel Stetson is your starter? Yeah, I've, I've addressed that already. Yeah, he doesn't want to talk about it. Thank you, Buck. I have a hard time believing that Kirby and, and Todd Monken would not even discuss putting in the backup quarterback. As I mentioned, Stetson on the money down, two for 10 conversion rate, two for 10, SEC championship game, taking on Alabama, top five team. Never discuss putting in the backup quarterback. It's unbelievable. And we'll talk about it uh, more coming up a little later in the show. Right now, though, I tell you what, Dabo Sweeney, man, here's another big story for you. Dabo Sweeney at Clemson, man, he's in a tough spot today, brother. Uh, Brent Venables gone to Oklahoma, the Sooners' new head coach at Norman. Finalized the contract yesterday. I saw somebody was hanging around Brent Venable's lake house at Lake Kiowe yesterday and got a photograph of the Oklahoma AD showing up to finalize the contract. Reportedly, Venables told the Clemson players 2 o'clock yesterday he was leaving for Oklahoma. And now also Dabo's offensive coordinator, Tony Elliott, is reportedly a finalist for the head coaching job at Duke and Virginia. And these are two long-term trusted assistant coaches for Dabo Sweeney. And it looks like he's going to lose both of them. It's the dead gun mistake. Got to replace two of the most trusted guys on your coaching staff. Coming off a season where you almost fell off the cliff. And it makes me wonder. Look, I know Dabo, he's in a tough spot right here. I do not believe sitting here today, he can replace either one of those guys. There's going to be drop-off on both sides of the ball as far as coaching goes. Venables and Elliott, gone, it looks like. With Tony Elliott, Venables is already gone. So look for Clemson Tiger fan, man. If I was was you, I'd be a little bit concerned that the Tigers are looking at falling back. 
This season only an indication of things to come. Dabo Sweeney, man. Good luck trying to replace those two guys. And then you got the deal going on at Miami. Mario Cristobal reportedly, the Miami Hurricane program has told him, the, the coach at Oregon, you've got to make a decision on whether you're going to take the job by noon today to take the, the Hurricanes job. We, we're going to give you till noon on Monday to make a decision. If not, Manny Diaz will be retained. If you were Manny Diaz, my goodness, talk about bad treatment here. And I know he's not really lived up to what they were hoping, but you know, they've offered the job to somebody else and it's up to him to take it. And guess what? If he doesn't take it, look, we're going to keep you around for one more year. Got some crazy stuff going on in that coaching carousel. Now to the headlines, and we'll be talking about this leading up to New Year's Eve here on The Fan, and that is the fact that uh, uh, the college football playoffs are set. So you got Alabama taking on Cincinnati, one versus four. Crimson Tide, a 13-and-a-half-point favorite over the Bearcats in, in Arlington, Texas, the suburbs of Dallas. In the Cotton Bowl, they're calling that. 13-and-a-half-point favorite, Georgia taking on Michigan in the, as they call it, the Orange Bowl. I look at it as a college football semifinal game. Georgia, a seven-and-a-half-point favorite over the Michigan Wolverines down in Miami. And headlines here on the fan brought to you by Grease Monkey. Oil changes and more, and it's done fast. Visit greasemonkeyauto.com for store locations and special offers. Coming back on the other side, we'll break down the college football playoff semifinal matchups, talk about the Falcons' loss yesterday, and Rusty Manziel will join us at 1035 on the Bulldog Roundtable. We'll hit up on Bulldog recruiting and what Kirby and his staff are trying to get done this week. It's the Buck Baloo Show on the fan, 680 and 93.7. A lifetime of hard work, children laughing in the kitchen, family photos on a restaurant wall, a legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation, like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. The Bud Blue Show on the fan. Thanks for listening. And we're going to be hanging out tomorrow up in Dalton, baby. Hope you'll come on out and say hello. Stop by the T-Mobile store, East Walnut Avenue in Dalton, for a live broadcast. We're broadcasting live from 10 to 11. But he hang around after the show, too, to shake some hands and kiss some babies and that kind of thing. So I want to invite you to come on out. T-Mobile store in Dalton tomorrow, 2204 East Walnut Avenue. I'll be leaving right after the show today, securing a hotel room up there. Looking forward to seeing you and uh, hanging out with you folks after the show tomorrow. Come on out and say hello, please. Let's talk about these college football playoff semifinal matchups, and let's start with the SEC champion, the Alabama Crimson Tide. Number one seed taking on the four seed, 
Cincinnati. So we get a David versus Goliath matchup here. And tell you what, we I, I've heard a lot of talk about this through the uh, college football playoff years. Is why don't we open this thing up and give some of these the, some of these other these group of five schools an opportunity to jump in the final four. So be careful what you ask for, Cincinnati. Here comes Alabama. And I tell you what, this tight offense will have to make a little bit of an adjustment, losing John Mechie to the uh, torn knee ligament that he suffered Saturday night against Georgia. Alabama not real deep at wide receiver. They've got some young guys who are trying to get coached up, and that one made a big catch in that Auburn game. Best I can tell, it's going to be critical for Alabama to get some positive impact out of a guy that they've been talking about preseason all the way through the season. He's knocked heads with Nick Saban a little bit. Saban's trying to get him motivated, get him out to practice, do the right things, go through the process correctly. Uh, Jaleel Billingsley, uh, the tie listed as a tight end, but goodness, he's a big receiver. Try to get him ready to uh, make an impact in this game in the passing attack. As far as the Bearcats go, man, they, they better have a little bit of balance in this game because I'm thinking already this Alabama defense is going to make them one-dimensional. Cincinnati with a former Alabama running back they've been handing the ball to, Jerome Ford. And he needs to have a little bit of success running the ball because otherwise the Cincinnati quarterback is going to have to do everything. And against Alabama's defense, I just can't see that happening right there. Uh, Let's go back to Bryce Young. Let's hear Bryce Young talking about uh, as they head into the playoffs what they were trying to get done on Saturday night. We kind of wanted it all as offense, take that challenge and, you know, you like like Coach is saying, you hear the you hear the rat poison, and it was it was kind of against us this weekend. You know, we 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 took preparation very seriously, and we all understood the magnitude of the moment, and we all stepped up. So um, it was it was it was the, everybody, all eleven. It was the coaches doing a great job, calling plays, managing situations. So it was a team effort, and we know that it was you know it was a great win, and we have to keep on improving. Yeah, I wanted to prove that they were better than what they've shown. They certainly did that, at least where I was sitting. Alabama looked tough. That's what they looked look like. And now they get Cincinnati. Again, be careful what you ask for, brother. You know, and as far as a <clears throat> potential blowout goes in this semifinal matchup out in the Dallas area is that we've already seen blowouts in the final four. And that's been the, the criticism of the idea of expanding the playoffs to eight or 12 teams. Well, we're going to get these blowouts. We're getting blowouts with the final four. I'm going to fall in the category of I want to see more of the top teams playing each other at the end of the year. So whether it's eight or 12, I'm ready to move on. I don't care about seeing a blowout. I want to see more games. And I know they want to make more money. Don't they make a little more money with the eight to 12 team playoff scenario? Yes, sir. So that doesn't bother me much. I just want to see more games. 404-231-1680, the number you want to jump in here. We always encourage you to call and be a part of the show. want you to be a part of it today if you'd like, uh, if you want to join in. Let's talk about the other one, Georgia and Michigan, down in Miami in the Orange Bowl. I was hearing, I think they brought this up with Kirby yesterday in that Orange Bowl uh, presser that, that Kirby did in his car as he was riding around recruiting. 
Georgia and Michigan. Georgia will be in the Orange Bowl for the first time since 1960. And Kirby went, yeah, okay, yeah, I didn't, didn't realize that. Let me get back to recruiting. I mean, I, I guess it's nice for the fans, get down there in the sun, walk on the beach, be a part of the so-called Orange Bowl. Kirby could, could have cared less about, about that little nugget right there. This is going to be a matchup of a bully ball, as I see it. And I think that helps Georgia because they are much more comfortable playing in this style of game than they are in the one, say, on Saturday where you got to open it up and you got to throw it around. So the bully ball thing I think will help Georgia in this national semifinal. So who wins the line of scrimmage battle? Who can run the football? Who can stop the run is what this game's going to be all about against Michigan. Look, Michigan's offensive line is big. It's rugged. They love run, run blocking, uh, road grading, knocking defensive lines off the ball, and they've got a really quality running back that's doing some big-time damage this season. So Georgia's front seven will be challenged in this game, and I think they're more comfortable doing that than rushing the passer. Just one man's opinion. So this is like strength versus strength on this side of the ball. Can this Georgia front seven man up and withstand the assault that Michigan's offensive line and running back are going to bring to the game? That mano a mano, brother, strength versus strength. And you flip it around, look, Georgia wants to run the football, and Kirby's convinced Stetson can help him do it. So I wouldn't imagine that's going to change. Coming into the semifinal game, you look at Michigan's defense. They've been, they've been quality against the run this season. 22nd in college football, giving up three and a half yards a carry. And if you're wondering about how excited Georgia will be coming into the game, reportedly the players bounced back in a positive way yesterday over in Athens. Uh, getting past the, it's got to be a tremendously disappointing loss to Alabama. Took a big slap in the face. You did not win the SEC, which had to be goal number one, I would imagine. And you wonder about the Georgia fan base, too. And we've often uh, patted the Georgia fan, back, uh, fan base on the back and, and talked about how huge they are uh, going on the road, uh, taking the show on the road, backing up this Georgia Bulldog team. You wonder, though, coming off this loss to Alabama the way they lost in knockout fashion. This Bulldog fan base, are they going to want to go to Miami to support the team down there and then turn around if Georgia wins and go to Indianapolis? Do you have to make a decision? I mean, all these folks aren't loaded enough to say, okay, we're going to take the family down to Miami and we're going to get that hotel room and hang out for a couple of days and then we're going to turn around the next week and, and, and get a hotel room up in Indianapolis and, and hit those restaurants up there and those bars you know, especially during Christmas time. Well, New Year's Eve time, definitely. Yeah. You know, people are giving up New Year's Eve with their families to go down there. Plus, you're going to be battling a Michigan fan base that is starved to be in this type of environment. Yeah, they, they have can't not wait been. to get down there. Exactly. So you're going to have to battle for tickets. Ticket prices are probably going to be at a premium. Hotels are going to be. All those, all those things are going to be at a premium. So as a Georgia fan base, are you saying, I'm going to spend it now or am I going to hold on to it? and hopefully get to Indy and spend it there. I agree with you. I think this is going to be a very interesting to see from the fan who wins the fan base battle. Yeah. Well, right now, I, I'm in love with the Georgia fan base, obviously. 
But with the way it shakes down, this Michigan fan base is huge. They've waited for this ever since Harbaugh was hired. You know they're showing up in a big-time fashion down in Miami. Let's hear from Kirby talking about that loss Saturday. Isn't going to keep them down. They didn't do any damage. No, it, what it did is reinvigorated our energy. It recenters you, right? I mean, I think one of the, their, their greatest thing is when they, they lost their game against Texas A&M, they were garnering some focus and some attention. I mean, to me, that, that's an opportunity for a wake-up call, if anything. Uh, unfortunate that it comes in a setting like this. Yeah, I'd be interested to check that that out. Let's uh, let's bring on Paul. He wants to join us on the show. Paul, welcome to the Buck Blue Show on the Fan, brother. Hey, Buck. What I have you, a question for you. What uh, you got? Two questions. Um, Stetson, Stetson, does he look slow coming to the line and being able to diagnose the defense? And two, do you think that the possible two upcoming games that Stetson may be designed better against Michigan and avoiding the pass rush? But JT Daniels be better against Alabama. Thank you. Yeah, I don't see him being slow coming up to the line of scrimmage. I saw him being very uncomfortable in the pocket, trying to throw the ball from the pocket. That's what I saw. Uh, as far as JT, uh, gosh, I think that ship has sailed. I mean, every indication tells me that Kirby's not even considering playing JT Daniels. And look, I'm disappointed by that. I really am. And I'm not trying to take sides and play favorites. Stetson Bennett's done a wonderful job this year. But there's got to be some reason why that Kirby and Monken aren't even considering playing JT Daniels in a game. I mean, Kirby, we played it at the top of the show. He says that he and Monken never spoke one word about getting JT Daniels in that game on Saturday, knowing they had to throw the football. Knowing that JT Daniels is the better passer, it makes absolutely no sense to me. Zero. I mean, there's got to be some hidden story out there as to why you wouldn't even want to try to get JT out there to throw the football. Makes zero sense. Joseph joins us on the Buck Baloo Show. Hey, man, what's up? What's up, Buck? Uh, I was just going to ask you uh, about the game Saturday. I know he had the, the interception on the fourth down, but if we kick it there and get three and get three on the other fourth down that we're, we're down inside the red zone and the game is an eight-point game right there, doesn't that let, that's at the coach's feet more than it's at the quarterback's feet right there because you're trying to force something there on a fourth and nine? I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't get that. I mean, I, I just think you're kicking – you kick right there and you get the two field goals, which there's no guarantee of that, of course. But you kick the field goal right there, the game's an eight-point game right there, and you don't even turn the ball over on the downs or the interception. That, that might be a totally different mindset at that point in time. Yeah, there was, there was some curious decisions there, and, and certainly you're bringing up a couple right there. I, I was totally thrown, too, on the fourth and ten. We're going to go for it on fourth and ten. We had somebody jump, yeah. uh, I think it was Sawyer maybe jumped on the line of scrimmage, so we uh, backed it up five yards. Now it's fourth down and 15. Now we're going we're gonna to punt. I mean, to me, when you look at the play sheet that an offensive coordinator has and you've got third down and long, fourth down and long, you've got the same plays for third and 10, fourth and 10, as you do for fourth down and 15. So I didn't understand that one either. Well, yeah, I think you're cutting the, on third down. You're trying to – if you know you're going for it on fourth down – 
which sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. At that point in time, I would think he did know that because he, I guess he felt we couldn't – we had to get back in the game. I, I think you're cutting the yardage in half on third down. Yeah. And on fourth. But this is fourth down, right? Fourth down and 10. And when you look at your play sheet, for fourth down and 10, fourth down and 15, it's the same exact plays. Yeah, you, you got to get so – Yeah, I don't right. understand what you're doing there. I don't either. I'm a little confused, but I think I think what we got with that more than anything, Saturday Buck was the coaching. Honestly, I think it was the coaching more than anything else. Well, look, Nick tight Saban. End wide receiver rotation, tight end wide receiver rotation in that game was terrible, and and we didn't get any pressure on the on the quarterback. I, I just I don't know. Yeah, we didn't. We did. It seemed like we waited too long to rush more than four guys. Yep, I agree. Yeah, so we appreciate your call. Thanks for calling in, Nick Saban. Best college coach of all time. I mean, it's tough to compete against that. But uh, just some curious decisions going on with the Georgia side in that game. Uh, Ken Nugent and myself, we're teaming up to give back to our brave men and women of the military. Ken's donating $500 each week to one member of the military every Bulldog game this season. If you're a member of the military, go to attorneykennugent.com to enter. Ken Nugent, a proud partner of the Georgia Bulldogs Sports Network. And I was I bumped into Ken trying to get in the stadium on Saturday night. There were some long lines out. You got that mobile ticket, and then you had to go through security. So lines were really backed up. And looked up, here comes Ken Nugent uh, up to me saying, uh, don't you have the VIP interest, uh, entrance, entrance to get into the game, into the stadium? I said, man, I... If there was a VIP entrance, Ken Nugent would have known where that was. I'd have been following him into the ball game. We're able to get there on time, though. Get in there on time. Uh, maybe uh, you know, and you didn't want to be late, right? Because Georgia played their best football at the start of the game. Georgia up ten nothing in the game, and then totally got outscored down the stretch. Where saw a lot of Bulldog fans exiting there uh, late in the fourth quarter. Didn't need a VIP entrance to or exit to be doing that. Hanging it up at that point in time. Time for a uh, quick college football nugget, maybe. Mm, tasty. Time for the college football nugget. Presented by your locally owned and operated Ace Hardware. Find your neighborhood store at acehardware.com. Got my Heisman Trophy vote that's due at 5 p.m. Eastern time today. And I have totally flipped from where I was on last Friday. Last Friday, I was thinking about some of these Georgia guys on defense, for that matter. And not so much today. In fact, I'm thinking about one freshman quarterback, that looks like he'll be a hands-down winner in this Heisman Trophy thing. Still may uh, go with a defender in the top three. You got to vote first, second, third place on the ballot. And I was reluctant to be thinking freshman quarterback on Friday. Not so much anymore. So I will tell you uh, what the vote is after the ceremony. So maybe uh, in the coming days, I'll share that with you. But I have totally flipped from where I was on Friday. And that'll do it for the college football nugget. 
get to the Falcons a little later in the show. Right now, though, at 35 after the hour, holy cow, it's 36 after the hour. We better get to the Bulldog Roundtable fast. The fan is proud to be the official sports talk station of the dogs. And it's time for Bulldog Roundtable with Buck Balloon. 25, 20, far side, like 15, 10, 5, get in there, touchdown! Bulldog Roundtable is proudly presented by Georgia's own credit union, Haug Law Group, Georgia Pack and Load, AAA, and by attorney Ken Nugent. And that's going to be the ball game. Georgia will win this ball game. Only on the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. Let's go to the Hobson and Hobson Newsmaker line. Bring on Rusty Mansell. Recruiting analyst, 24-7 sports and 680. The fan playing a large role here at the fan through the years. Great to have you on, brother. Yeah, man. The sun came up this morning. Coffee was still black. So, you know, <laughs> you, you live another day. Man, you were working hard this weekend. You're a hardworking man. And I saw you were tracking Kirby already hitting that recruiting trail on Sunday. And I saw one photograph on social media. Kirby went straight to see Bear Alexander. You got to go see them big boys in the middle. We went to see Barry Alexander is also in Charlotte last night, seeing Jalen Walker, who's one of the most talented linebackers. You know, people talk about speed in the game, and you know, this is an inside backer that can run fast. He might be the next, you know, who knows? He might be the next Buckus guy, but he's going to be – I have no hesitation saying this guy's going to be a really, really good player at Georgia. Confirmed this morning. That Kirby Smart's in Houston this morning, so – um, seeing Julian Humphrey, another commit. So it tells you kind of the different Pulse Buck. Uh, very, very highly rated class, number one for most people already right now. We'll see if they hold that. But uh, you go from uh, where you go from Orlando to Charlotte to Houston, man, it don't stop. Yeah, and I believe this was one of the things Kirby had to get straight before he decided he was going to leave Alabama and take go back home, take the Georgia job, was he needed everything uh, that he had uh, – that he had had at Alabama, needed everything uh, built around recruiting, needed access sure. to a plane, a helicopter, whatever it is, uh, yeah. a, a big staff to help get the best players to Georgia. And apparently uh, they, they they've been able to do that. I see right now they've got twenty more, uh, 24 commitments. How many are they going to sign in this class? Well, it's, you know, it's kind of – that's the biggest question people ask me, and I really don't know. I think they could get as high as 31, but if they sign 31 senior high school players, you don't leave any room for the portal. So I'm confident in saying Georgia at the end of the day will sign anywhere from 27 to maybe 28 uh, high school guys. Now, that may be a combination of this early period and the second signing period if there's one or two guys floating out there. But, look, this day and age, you got to leave from poor. I remember talking to Sam Pittman at this time last year. I saw him at a coach's clinic. And I said, Coach, how many are you saving for the portal? He said, Rusty, we're saving seven, which was insane. But that's just the way it is, Buck. It's a new world. I'm checking the portal every hour. Kids flying in and out of that thing. So you got to be able – roster management, Buck, is the most important thing there is now. you got to be able to recruit. you got to be able to recruit your kids on your, on your roster. And you got to be able to add the additions you need. And you look at Alabama and Georgia, what they did in the offseason, both teams got some huge needs. Uh, who who are the, some of the guys that you believe may make an impact year number one on campus? No question about it. they got to have Malachi Starks play immediately. I mean, you look at Georgia in the back end, the secondary, 
you know, that was I'm, I, have, I do a podcast on, on 24-7 sports, and they had to give me a question last week. It said, what would concern you for Georgia? And I said, the speed of the back end, matching up with Alabama. Can they cover Mechie and Jamison Williams? Now, you look at Malachi Starks. He's a six foot one, 205-pound safety out of Jefferson. He's a five-star kid. has got a 10-5 vertical he's got a 10500 a 24-9 long jump insane the explosion there i think malachi starks who's going to be at georgia the first week in january he's got to play next year i mean this kid's a high you know very smart kid very well put together he's got to come into georgia he's got to be ready to play they got to have some help in the back end they got to get faster quick there how about singletary the kid out of jacksonville five-star guy no question, six foot two corner. You got to have that length. I had a I had an SEC coach tell me one time, you give me a six two kid that runs a four six, and I'll take him a thousand times over a five nine kid that runs a four four. You got to have length. You got to be able to cover up that space. This is the kid that Will Muschamp went after a former Ohio State commit. Uh, flipped him. He's a guy that's going to have an opportunity to play early. Darren Kendrick rolling out as well. You know, he was a one and done for Georgia. So a lot of opportunities there. You know, you go down the list. Michael Williams, a big six foot five pass rusher. Can he come in to be an outside linebacker guy? Buck, the biggest difference. I know you went through the process a long time ago, but I've been covering this thing for 12 years full time. The biggest difference now is these four and five star kids. They're ready to play. Can they absorb the playbook? But physically, they're ready to play. This Bear Alexander. They sold him, look, look at Jordan Davis. This is who you can be. Absolutely. You come in there, you listen, if you're going to run the 3-4, and I don't care who you got, if you're going to run the 3-4, you got to have a big refrigerator Perry sitting in the middle. He's got to absorb blocks. He's got to be able to penetrate. Uh, Two-gap guy, got to be able to take those double teams to allow N'Kobe Dean to get a bucket behind you. And that's a team that's a team award, something like that. So, Barry Alexander's a guy that fits that mold, big, broad-shoulder guy. Uh, I think that's – I mean, if you're going to look around the, the country and say, hey, we got to have one, Barry Alexander was the can't-miss for Georgia, and they went and got him. Same thing with Oscar Delp, right? They put in the video and say, okay, let's look at Brock Bowers. This is what you can do. You come over here and sign with Georgia and play for the Bulldogs. I'm totally impressed with this kid seeing him play in high school. Oh, my gosh. I had him on the air Friday night with us on Peachtree TV on the Milton Walton game. That was game. good stuff. Yeah, man, he was great. And he said, listen, you know, I, he was a silent commit to Georgia for a long time, but he wouldn't go in public until Georgia held their end up. He wanted to see they were going to use Brock Bowers the way they told him they were. And as soon as they did, he was sold. Listen, there's those six foot five kids that can run. I'm telling you right now. They've got a toughness about him. You see Brock Bowers, yes, he can run. But you don't see Brock Bowers getting isolated enough on TV, his blocking, what he does when he's not in a route. Oscar Depp's a kid that can play in the uh, in space, but you can also attach him to the end of the line, and he can help chip block a Will Anderson, those types. you got to be able to do that to play at Georgia down. Oscar Depp, I thought, was a great get for Todd Hartley. I'm sold on Gunnar Stockton, too. The makeup, I'm really impressed with the makeup. And then the skill set is really impressive also. I talked to the offensive coordinator they they hired for one year to come up there, and he didn't know a thing about Gunnar Stockton other than who he was. He told me a couple weeks ago, he goes, Rusty, you don't realize how much, how hurt he was this year and how he played through it. He said, I've been coaching for 29 years. We held him out of practice for two days, and the kid went nuts went absolutely nuts. He said, I'm not getting my helmet back. 
And when you have that type of makeup, when you have that type, and Buck, you played the position. I've always said this about quarterback. That's the only position in sports where the ten other guys believe in the huddle. You got, you can do it. And Gunnar Stockton's a kid that's going to come in, and there's going to be a lot of people at University of Georgia believe in him. Now, how quickly he absorbs the playbook. He's got the legs. I think he's got a really good. He's got a, the ball jumps out of his arm. Listen, he's five eleven all day long. But the guy Georgia played Saturday was probably five nine and a half, and he's a freaking five star. So let me tell you this, Gunnar Stockton's a guy that I think Georgia fans are going to be really excited about. Rusty Manziel doing a great job with the high school games, man, and uh, doing an awesome job on this recruiting scene too, Rusty. We appreciate you coming on today. Thanks, Bob, for having me. We'll be tracking you, man. You're going to be a busy dude here coming up the next two weeks. That initial signing period coming up in just a few days as the uh, coaches are trying to lock these guys down. We'll come back, wrap things up. It's the Buck Blue Show here on The Fan, 680 and 93.7. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps Five dollar minimum balance required. Monday's edition of the Buck Baloo Show here on the Fan Six Eighty and Ninety Three Seven. Thank you so much for supporting the show. We appreciate it. And look, if you miss the show on Six Eighty Ninety Three Seven from ten to eleven, you can find it on the show podcast. Get the Fan app. You can pull it up there. Listen to the hour anytime you get ready. Listen to the show that way. Buck Blue Show podcast. A lot of people are doing that. You know, you're you're a lot of people busy between 10 and 11. Get a chance to catch up maybe a little later in the day and listen to the show that way. Falcons, uh, you didn't expect the Falcons to lose to Tom Brady, did you? I've got them like the Falcons are now 0-11 against Tom Brady if you count the playoff game. You remember the Super Bowl? We were up 28-3. I, I count that one. So whether it's a, a 10-0 or 11-0, whatever you want to call it, Tom Brady basically owns us and did it again yesterday. And I hope you weren't surprised that we lost to the Buccaneers. I mean, we we played them pretty tough uh, as a moral victory, perhaps. Uh, we now, by the way, have fallen to one in five at home, which is a little bit embarrassing. And I, one thing I've picked up is that I, I see these tight camera shots of the Falcons games so they can hide all of the empty seats there at MBS, a gorgeous stadium Arthur Blank built. That is one of the best stadiums in the entire world. And yet you see all these, you're not able to see all the empty seats over there on Sunday. Boy, it was packed on Saturday, not an empty seat in the house. On Sunday, well, they had the tight camera shots. So you couldn't see what, I'm guessing was about, what, 30,000 fans maybe in there? Capacity's 80. It's really embarrassing. Only Detroit and Houston 
have had uh, worse uh, attendance than the uh, our Atlanta Falcons. And did you see what's going on at center? I mean, poor Matt Ryan. They can't protect him. And now they've decided we're going to rotate centers during the course of the game. So the snap's going to be different. Neither one of them can protect him. Let's get to that. Vita Vea just absolutely gobbled those dudes up. Rotating centers. Matt was talking about it earlier today on The Fan, the locker room show during his weekly appearance. Let's hear what Matt had to say about that. I don't know. Um, you know, I, I've, I watched the film uh, this morning, and I thought both did, you know, good jobs at certain times and, you know, have plays we'd, we'd all like to, you know, improve on. But that'll be up to, to Arthur this week to see, you know, what he thinks is best for our team, uh, gives us the best chance to win this week. Matt's a real team guy. What he said there, the translation is they may have blocked Vita Vea like once or twice. The rest of the time, they got killed up front. And it made it difficult for the quarterback to play at a high level. That's what Matt was saying there, if you're wondering. Time for the final word. And want to give a shout-out and a congratulations to the 14 Georgia high school football programs that have advanced to the state championship round later this week here in Atlanta. Down at the old Turner Field is where they're going to play these games. What a great accomplishment and a testament to the work and dedication of everyone involved with these 14 Georgia high school programs. Best of luck in a week that everyone will always remember, win or lose. I know I was a part of one of those losing state championship games and it's still haunting me. I can't wait to see the 7A showdown between Milton and Collins Hill. That will be special. And a heads up to the fans' coverage of the high school state championship games in Georgia. We're all over it. We got uh, two games on Thursday, three games on Friday, three games on Saturday. Going to be hearing from Mooneyham, Brandon Joseph. I think Joe Hamilton's on one of these games. And you can hear it on a uh, the fan family of stations, 680 The Fan. And also uh, ESPN Atlanta 103.7. So I hope you'll join, enjoy that starting on Thursday and then continuing on Friday and Saturday. <clears throat> High school state championship games. You never forget those. It's going to do it for the Buck Baloo Show today. So glad you were hanging out with us. Nerney, Gillespie, Thomas, we appreciate you very much. Back tomorrow. Hope you'll join us then. Nick and Chris coming up next here on The Fan. Thank you, Buck. Good to see you, Buck. A lifetime of hard work. Children laughing in the kitchen. Family photos on a restaurant wall. A legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation. Like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. 
Hey sandwich lovers, today's your lucky day. There's a whole new way to roll for lunch or dinner delight with Nucky's Hoagies in the Roswell Corners Shopping Center. Now open, Nucky's Hoagies in Roswell is family owned and operated by the subsisters, Stacy and Shannon, whose love language is food and Nucky's Hoagies, their passion. When you bite into a Nucky's Hoagie, you'll taste the difference. The softest hoagie rolls ever, along with hunger quenching sandwich combinations. Make Nucky's Hoagies in Roswell on Woodstock Road your new favorite spot for lunch or dinner.